Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Well, Dr. Scripture, today we have a few questions from listeners that you wanted to answer. Yeah, well, at least I'm going to try to answer them, Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we always appreciate getting questions or comments because very often, as is the case today, Dr. Scripture usually will address your questions on the program. So frankly, it gives us something to talk about that we know you, the listeners, are interested in. Yeah, and another important reason I especially appreciate feedback from the audience is because it lets me know people are listening and where they're listening. You know, Scott, I always need to be prudent in how we use the resources of Scripture on Creation Ministries. Yes, you don't make any money off of this. Yeah, well, no, but, uh, you know, it does cost money for the broadcast. So I do try and keep track of the responses I get. So I'm not broadcasting in various areas to no effect if no one's listening. So... With that in mind, I know the way to contact us is announced during the open and close of the program, but here's the email address, which is probably the best way to communicate. It is scripture at scriptureoncreation.org. So here's the first letter you're going to address, Dr. Scripture. It's from Kathy Craddock, and she lives in Georgia. Dear Dr. Scripture, I enjoy listening to your program on the Good News Network in Georgia as I drive home from work on Thursday afternoon. I am especially enjoying the study on Job. Yeah, that's good. An admirable man and one of my favorite books. My question is around the Garden of Eden. It sounds so beautiful, and I believe if I could travel back in time and see one period of time from the Bible— this would be it. Okay, stop. Let me interrupt you for a moment. Okay. You know, that in and of itself is a really interesting thought. Just a week or so ago, we experienced New Year's Eve, a time when we look forward to a new year. But we also look back on what happened in the year just past. Well, how interesting might it be to reflect on what happened in the distant past, say 2,000 years ago or more? How about you, Scott? If you could go back in time and see one period from the Bible, what would it be? <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. I mean, there's so many interesting things that went on. Yeah, um, okay. No I think, strangely enough, I would want to see the early days of Israel's monarchy. Huh. Uh, you know, you mean like with Saul? With Saul, yeah. You know, and you used to hear the stories of David and Goliath, but I'm a big admirer of Jonathan. Oh, okay. And you know, he managed to be loyal to two opposing sides wow. at the same time, and he was a man's man. And, wow. you know, I'd like to see him go wipe out those Philistines that he did when he climbed up the cliff. Yeah, and, that, you yeah. know, I was just preaching on that passage. Passage, oh, really? actually. So it's an interesting point in history. Well, you know, that's an interesting uh, choice, Scott, <laughs> because we've got the parting of the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. You know, wouldn't you love to see that? Uh, of course, I would avoid the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to see that. We're talking about periods of time, and, and that's the way you picked it, you know, a period of time, sort of watching the yeah. development of David and Jonathan's relationship mm-hmm. and what Jonathan did. Then, you know, how about going back and seeing Ezekiel's looking at that saucer and a saucer. Yeah, that's that's a hard description to understand. uh, (laughs) All kinds of miraculous events, but it'd be a tough choice. Well, Dr. Scripture, what about you? Uh, I've got to choose too, huh? Yes, you do. Well, uh, surprise, surprise, I've given this some thought and I would go back to the creation week. <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. I mean, can you imagine watching, you know, all these things forming? And- oh, I know. It's just mind-boggling. And of course, it would be a period of time of 
seven days, yeah. not uh, this thousands and thousands, millions of years that that's so a short propose. visit, <laughs> right? So it would actually be a fascinating thing to, for example, see what God really did on day two, because I think yeah. that's just confusing, separating that water oh. from water. We would really then know for sure. Um, I could come back as an eyewitness, you know. Yeah. Yes, he did put a canopy up there, or no, yeah. it was something we never even <laughs> settled. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the period of time I would want to go back and see is God working in the six days of creation. Again, watching God form Adam, and would you just see the trees sort of yeah. rapidly push up out of the ground? That's kind of how I picture it. Yeah, I mean, it'd yeah. Be overwhelming. So that'd be my choice. <laughs> All right. Why don't I go ahead and continue reading Kathy's letter? All here. right. Yeah, we better get back to her. We haven't heard what what her questions are. Well, remember, she's talking about visiting the Garden of Eden, and right. she says it sounds so beautiful, and it would be fascinating to see the day to day life that Adam and Eve lived, and watch them walking and talking with God. Hmm. That'd be need to. So my questions are, do you have any idea what language they would have spoken, what they may have looked like, and how old Eve was when she died? Well, first of all, I want to thank Kathy for her questions. And as we've already mentioned, we really appreciate people responding and sending in questions. And I think it's important to point out that the Bible gives us no information regarding the details she's referring to. So anything I suggest is strictly my opinion Mm. and, frankly, could be way off. But as for the language they spoke, I don't think, for one, it exists today. Mm. I would think that it was incredibly precise and probably beautiful. You know, it's interesting how Greek, the language that the New Testament was written in, Mm -hmm was sort of like the perfect language for the intricacies of the theology of the New Testament and so forth to be presented in. Because it is, it's a very precise language. And the tenses of verbs and so forth convey a lot of meaning, not just the words themselves. And then when you think about Hebrew, the Mm -hmm. Old Testament language, it might not be quite as precise as Greek, but it is very beautiful. And thus we've got all that poetry. You know, I wish that we could hear the recitation of those Psalms and, for example, all the poetry in Job in the Hebrew language. Of course, understanding it would be nice, but just hearing the sounds (laughs) of that beautiful language, it's very, very appealing to the ear. And, of course, in the sense of the poetry, it's got a lot of rhyme and meter. It's, It's really beautiful. So, given the Greek and Hebrew, the precision and the picturesque expression, I still don't think that those were the languages that Adam and Eve would have been speaking or either one of them. I think that probably the language that they spoke was lost at Babel. So probably not even one particular group of people continued speaking that language. And I do think that they probably were all speaking one language up to the point of Noah. And then, of course, after the flood, when the people were all living together, the Bible makes it quite clear that they were all speaking one language, and then it was split up. So what language were they speaking? Well, maybe they were speaking the language of biblical tongues. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll speak it in heaven again. Yeah, maybe. And that way we can all speak English. <laughs> because isn't that what we're going to need if there are English speakers, if there are Americans in heaven? <laughs> all right. Well, then on her next question, what did they look like? You know, I think they probably looked pretty similar to what people can look like today. Not what everybody looks like today, because (laughs) a lot of us are pretty out of shape. But uh, since the entire spectrum of color in the human race today, and I'm talking about skin color, hair color, Mm. whether you've got curly hair and all that, the entire spectrum of all those characteristics was in Adam and Eve's genetic makeup. 
I would guess that they were somewhere in the middle of what we see in the variety of people today. So I would imagine that they had brownish skin, not real dark, but not real white, brownish skin and hair. And there is something I'm pretty sure of, and that is they must have looked really fit. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you think they could have been real big, like giants or something like that? You know, I don't think so. I I think that we understand at least today that, for one thing, giantism is a A mutation. (laughs) Yeah, it's not normal. And it generally would be as a result of some kind of a hormonal imbalance. You know, we had that whole program on that genetic mutation that caused dwarfism. Yeah, studying a bunch of people from South America. Right, and, and we learned certain things about it, but it was a mutation. And pretty much the gigantism fits into that same category. So the possibility of being a giant would reside in the genetic makeup of Adam and Eve, but I don't think that they were giants. Some of that came along later. The third question, how old was Eve when she died? Now, that is a question I don't recall ever being asked before, (laughs) Scott. And the Bible says how old Adam was, but it doesn't tell us how old Eve was when she died. But since Adam lived to be 930, you know, I would think that Eve probably lived a similar lifespan. Nothing is said of either of their lives as they grew older, except that they had more sons and daughters after Seth and were told when Adam died, how old he was when he died. But one thing that we can tell from a passage that we'll read in just a moment, she must have been at least 130 when she had Seth. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3. When Adam had lived 130 years, and of course that's how long Eve lived, right? They were created on the same Mm -hmm. day. It says, he became the father of a son in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Then the days of Adam, after he became the father of Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. So if you take 130 and 800, you get 930. So we don't know if Eve actually lived as long as Adam, if she outlived Adam. In my discussion about this with Karen, she was saying, well, you know, women outlive men. That tends to happen. So maybe she outlived Adam. But that I would suggest, is a result now of genetic mutations. It's a result of the degradation of our genome. And so Adam and Eve both would have been genetically perfect. So I don't think that they would have had any old age problems. By that, I mean one person would have Mm. more stress. One person would, like with women, you know, she's having all these babies. That would wear on her and it would cause her to die earlier. We don't know that for certain, but I don't think there's any reason, unless it was an accident, for either of them to get diseased and die (laughs) one before the other. Well, those were some really interesting questions, and it's always a pleasure to exercise the imagination as these questions helped us do, especially when it relates to biblical events. You know, and imagining what it was like to walk with God in a garden. What a great thing to do. But, you know, I look forward to actually doing that myself someday, not having to imagine it. You know, we can make our Christian lives so complicated sometimes when really the main thing God wants And what he wanted with Adam and Eve was to simply go for a walk with us in a garden. Now, for the time being, we must do it by faith. However, someday that faith will be sight. And I truly am thoroughly convinced that I'm going to walk with God in a garden someday. You know, Dr. Scripture, I'm wondering when we're in our eternal reward Mm -hmm. with God and with Christ and we see him face to face and walking with him in that garden, will we be speaking the same language (laughs) we spoke there in the Garden of Eden? Yeah. Or will we be using mental telepathy? I've had people ask me before if Adam and Eve could talk to the animals. Well, that interaction between the serpent, which of course was the devil, we assume sort of inhabiting a snake's body. 
whether or not that was normal for the animals, that Adam and Eve could actually talk to the animals, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't other say t- whether Eve reacted in surprise when she saw a snake talking to her. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you might expect something like that. If you're, What in the world are you talking about? Of course, their experience may have been so simple at that point, yeah. you know, not having a lot of experience with the animals yet. You know, maybe she goes, oh, okay, snakes can talk. <laughs> but whatever it is, whether we would be speaking mental telepathy-wise or speaking with our mouths, it is going to be amazing to be able to have conversations with God and not by faith, you know, not through prayer, not through the Holy Spirit and the Bible, but to literally speak with God, just as Jesus did, you know, with the disciples. And so with those thoughts in mind, let's conclude today by reading from John Mm. chapter 14, a familiar passage, but maybe we don't always think of it with the emphasis that I'd like to make today. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Mm. Christ wants us with him. That's why he made us. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.